0: the most clear image of apartheid. Uh, there is Israeli illegal outpost, even illegal for the Israeli uh, national law as they are according to them. They are built in the fighting zone, but they keep landing on our landing. The Electronic Intifada. The Electronic Intifada.
1: The Electronic Intifada.
0: The electronic intifada.
1: This is the Electronic Intifada podcast. I'm Nora Barrows-Friedman. And I'm Asa Stanley. Welcome back to the Electronic Intifada Podcast, I'm Nora Barrows-Friedman. We turn to the situation in Masafariata, an area in the South Hebron Hills in the occupied West Bank, where the Israeli military is attempting to turn the region of Palestinian villages into a firing zone. In May, the Israeli High Court rubber-stamped the forced expulsion of more than 1,000 Palestinians from eight villages in the area. If Israel carries through with the forcible transfer, which is a war crime, it will be one of the single largest expulsions of Palestinians since 1967. The exercises that the Israeli military is undertaking in Masafriyata will be the first in the area involving live fire in more than two decades, according to Haaretz. During those 20 years, Palestinian residents of the area petitioned Israeli courts against approving the military's claims to their land as it was as it would effectively allow for their forced transfer. Last year, Israel conducted a military drill lasting two or three days in Masafariata, driving tanks next to a village's school, clinic, and mosque, and damaging agricultural land and residential structures. David Mintz, one of the three justices who issued the Masafariyatta verdict in May, was born in England England, and lives in Dolev, a settlement in the West Bank built in violation of international law. And in mid-June, Israeli tanks rolled into the Masafariata area and placed shooting targets on private Palestinian property. Joining us to talk about the situation in Masafariata is Basil Adra. Basil is a journalist based in Masafariata and has been covering the news inside the area. Basil, thank you so much for being with us today on the Electronic Indifada podcast.
0: Thank you for having me. Uh,
1: tell us a little bit about yourself and where you live uh, there in Masafariata.
0: So, so I live in a village uh, called the Tuani in Masafariata. I am a, an activist and journalist. Uh, uh, I've been raised as a, in a, activist parents. My parents are uh, activists since long time, uh, confronting the activation and try to resist the uh, condition and try to create uh, more uh, better condition and getting our life requirements. Uh, so they've been succeeding in, in some, uh, in some of of their resistance, and on the other side. Also, they paid the price, mostly my father who's been arrested over the same time and being brutally attacked in the field. Uh, I mean, succeeding in getting some of the hourly life requirements should be normal and simply and we should have this uh, life requirement. Uh, but because we are under occupation, under a military control, uh, Our life has been going on very hard, and uh, soldiers and soldiers on the ground putting us in very harsh conditions. So uh, we we like they became activists, and me as well to resist this uh, situation.
1: So let's talk about what's happening right now outside your window. Um, You posted a video on Twitter on June 28th of the Israeli military placing targets on one of the main roads and opening fire. Um, Just a week before that, you posted to Twitter that, quote, tons of Israeli soldiers just started training in Masafariata. They're driving war tanks near the school as children watch, terrified. They're placing targets on cars and windows. They're doing this to evict us in the most brutal way possible. Tell us about that, and and you know, and and what keeps happening. I mean, you know, this Israeli court order happened in May. Tanks are already starting to to act like this is um, you know a done deal.
0: So after the court decision in the fourth of May. Uh, the Israeli Occupation Army on the ground announced that they're going to start uh, the military exercises in the area and between the communities and the houses uh, and the structure of the communities. They even in the beginning of it uh, uh, asked specifically to uh, evacuate the people in out of their homes for the uh, military exercises. And then they would throw that request, but even they. uh uh, keep doing this uh, military exercises. According to them, it will keep for one month. For now, started last week, this week as well, and there's another two weeks that they uh, gonna bring in tanks and uh, like doing live fire shoots and the drones uh, all like around their military uh, exercise, which is uh, a fake uh, a tool and a uh, fake uh, brutal tool. That they are using uh, as the, our area as a firing zone, it's just to evacuate us as Palestinians from uh, the area of Mesafriata toward uh, Area A, where it's Yatta and the big Palestinian cities, and to evacuate us from uh, Area C, where our home is, uh, to make more rooms for the Israeli uh, settlers. Here the most clear image of apartheid. Uh, there is Israeli illegal outposts, even illegal for the Israeli. Uh, national law as they are, according to them, they are built in the firing zone, but they keep expanding on our land every day, uh, getting farms, getting infrastructure to uh, steal more of our land. They are backed by the state, getting all the, the support, while the same, uh, the same state comes to demolish our homes and to do this military exercise uh, for a very clear goal, which is like to evacuate us as Palestinians from this land and to make it for the Jews
1: give us a sense of um, how the community is fighting back, um, what has been happening in terms of any resistance to the encroachment of the Israeli military and the plans to confiscate your, your land and villages. Um, what's been happening to activists and just you know, regular community members um, who are trying to resist this?
0: Uh, regular community members are tired and exhausted from this life. I mean, the first step and the, the main step they are doing is to keep staying in their homes and facing these harsh conditions. This is going on for decades. It's not just from the 4th of May. We've been reporting about this uh, since long time, and this uh, happening before I, I got born here in Mesa because uh, the designation the, the of our land is the firing zone area uh come out in the uh, early of the 80s uh so since then people ha- has faced f- f- like hundreds of, or thousands of demolitions of the structure started from caves tents, homes where those are in roads, cutting water supply and no electricity uh, so living and uh facing this harsh condition is the main resistance that the people is doing here uh, in the safariata the other, uh, the other resistance that we are doing is since this life uh, decision has come out, we are uh, mainly protesting on Friday on the highway on the entrances of the villages. Uh, peacefully, we're carrying signs and flags and chanting and carrying signs also. But uh, always the occupation army, police, and terrorizing uh, our uh, protest. Uh, in one of the protests that happening happened in Masafriyatta, where uh, settlers involved in the uh, in the oppression of uh, the protest uh, with the Israeli occupation soldiers and standing next to the soldiers throwing the stones, uh, there was a video that published when Israeli settlers from the outpost Mitpeir threw a stone at two. Israeli left-wing activists and solidarity activists who come to the area and injured two girls. And we see in the video, the soldiers stand uh, nearby and let the settler to run back to his outpost without uh, arresting him. In another protest, also, uh, the same settlers from the same outpost uh, were throwing stones at uh, journalist cars and broken their uh, losses, as well injured two Palestinian uh, activists, and one of them were injured brutally in his noise and got his noise broken by Tatar Thailand. Today, we just uh, had a protest, they detain also the Israeli uh, occupation soldiers, uh, they detain a disabled Palestinian guy and arrest another four uh, solidarity activists. and this has been going on since uh, the decision that came out. As well, there is a the military exercise from a the movement of people, uh, and within that, the army, the Alsedians army, set up tents in the area in between the communities and the main roads, uh, confiscating Palestinian cars under the pretext of them moving in the firing zone area. Uh, for three days almost, they detained two activists and confiscated. Their calls and this has been going on since uh, the designation.
1: Basil, you're a young journalist, um, and uh, it, I mean, w- what is it like being a journalist trying to cover what's happening in, y- you know, your neighborhood, um, for, you know, the outside world, for, um, for local media inside Palestine, um, you know, especially in the wake of the killing of Shirin Abu Akleh. Um what wh- what what is it like working as a journalist right now? Uh,
0: killing Sharina Barkley is really a crime that's uh it's really terrible and uh heartbreaking uh, after getting that news. Uh me and other activists and journalists on the ground here <clears throat> were really putting ourselves in risk to document what's going on to show the truth. Uh, and what's really happening on the ground, uh, while the Israeli uh, media or Israeli occupation uh, forces try always to, to lie and to upside down uh, the truth. Uh, my home, for example, were raided in, in December 2021, and the uh, occupation forces raided my home, confiscated five cameras and laptop and the car that I use alongside with other activists to document their crimes in, in the area. I've been also uh, in May brutally attacked personally and like, physically uh, beaten up by the uh, occupation soldiers and nearby my home here, uh, while I was documenting them come to take down uh, sheep shelter uh, for no reason except I am there to document uh, them. Uh, and they just let me go until they was sure that I got brutally like beaten and injured and, and all I needed is ambulance to take me to the hospital. As well, for example, in the beginning of the pandemic of Corona 2020, I was also beaten up by all soldiers and my camera was taken away and they took uh, off uh, the SD car that I filmed them chasing. A within the settlers from the outpost uh, nearby. Uh, <clears throat> always, always facing this kind of stuff on the ground. Also, my home was raided like at night uh, from February till today, at least seven times. Uh, not just my home, but other homes in the community as well. Take a rest. My father was detained twice. I was beaten. They tried hardly to take my phone while they were like beating out a solidarity activist and as well took his camera. Uh, the same thing we faced from the Saka, also on the ground. Uh, attacks by dogs, by stones, light, fire, uh, shoot uh, that they do uh, next by to the soldiers, uh, breaking our cameras. So this is how it is to be a journalist on the on the
1: ground. Ugh, I'm, I'm really glad you're okay. Um, let's... Uh... Talk a little bit more about the court ruling. As I mentioned in the introduction, one of the Israeli high court judges who issued the ethnic cleansing verdict for Masafariata is a settler living in an illegal settlement colony in the West Bank who represents settlers and the army that protects them, uh, who obviously has a stake in the expulsion of your community. Um, As our editor Maureen Murphy put it, settler colonialism is the single organizing principle of the state of Israel can you talk about this and and the significance of uh, the ongoing ethnic cleansing that's happening in Masafir Yata and what, what that says about um, what Palestinians are facing right now
0: uh, you know in the like the, the designation where in the beginning of the 80s inside our land is the firing zone it was it come out from uh, an Israeli Ariel Sharon who were at that time uh, the minister of agricultural, ministry, so he said he wants to do this firing zone area in the West Bank, which is 18% of the West Bank firing zone area, and he said actually in the document that this is going to be for the settlers uh, in the future for the settlers and the settlement. Uh, for example, in our area, 2,000 zones, uh, 12 community were declared a firing zone, which means they're going to remove them and to build uh, settlements and outposts for the Israeli settlers to come and live here. Uh, And this is what's going on on the ground, actually. They're always squeezing and demolishing our homes. On the other hand there is the outposts and settlements expanding and getting all the infrastructure uh, that they want. In 1999 happened the first brutal evacuating of uh, the people of Nusratriyatta when I was three years old. 700 people were brought in trucks with their stuff with their sheep all their homes were wiped out and were uh, like taken away by the Israeli occupation military trucks without any alternative solution they just throw them in the in the uh, landscape and the other communities which is not in the firing zone six months of people were trying to go back and uh, live in their land or, or at least work their land and do harvest the weed and, uh, and cultivate the land. A lot of them were arrested and detained when they were trying. A lot of their sheep were confiscated by the uh, military. After six months, they got uh, a, mili- a temporary court decision that they can go and live in their land until the final court decision will come out. So all these 22 years, they were fighting in a legal battle uh, to save their land and to to keep living in the homes, the people brought every and each single uh, evidence that they could to prove for this court, uh, for, for the court to prove that there they, they were communities existing here decades before. One of the evidence is area photos that before the 1948 and to show that there were structures and communities in the area. And the answer of this judge was in the accusation court saying, yes, there is a structure, but how we can show that there was a light in these structures. Uh, and the other execute, they said, the, the people of Mazafiata, like us, we brought the evidence late, like after 20 years. And it took them 22 years. That means, like, for them, late, because we do, like, the people here did the appeal. Uh, in in 1999 and which means the area was declared a firing zone in 1981 and only people did, did the appeal only the, when they were evacuated and before a lot of people didn't know that their land is a firing zone or were declared that even though there was no human rights organizations working in the area no lawyers simply people who really don't understand the law the law of the occupation who, which is opposed on us and we don't choose it and we don't vote for it, which just opposing or us by gun. So since 2000 they start to bring in evidence, and from 2000 to 2022, like the 4th of, of of May 2022, took the court to check this whole evidence and to come out with decisions that the people were very late in bringing in this evidence, and. This is shows that this is just a political decision and not a judgment. A settler, as you mentioned, take this decision according to his ide- ide- ideological, which is to, he's living in a settlement, so he want more settlers to come live in all over West Bank and to keep colonizing the area and ethnic cleansing the Baltina. So It's very clear, it's on the table, that the advertised uh, is very clear in, in front of the international community and this those governments who keep supporting israel uh, with their dollars with their money uh, and keep funding this uh, occupation soldiers who use the money to demolish our homes our sheep shelters uh, expanding settlements chasing us in our land and it's it's all high focus. you know no one wants a big fight no one wants to really protect the human rights. No one wants to fight for the Belkina right. Uh, it's all c- condemning and sending statements, but without any serious yeah. Um,
1: Basil, how are people in Masafariyata able to fight back after this court ruling? What are their legal options at this point?
0: Uh, no, no legal option after this, like, for, for the Israeli incubation course because this is the highest uh, court decision, the the lawyers try to do something in this month in July, but no no expectation that this will change the de facto or the decision that were uh, taken. Uh, I believe that there is our work on the ground, our steadfastness on the ground, and to create a movement through the media and the international community to put pressure through the the international authorities on the Israeli authorities to stop what they are uh, doing.
1: And um, what can people outside of Palestine do right now to support uh, the people of Masafariyatta and and enact that kind of pressure?
0: I mean, sharing our stories, keep writing and talking about Masafariyatta, also they can come on the ground to be on solidarity, being in our protest, being a protective presence uh, with the shepherd with the school students in the community during the training, uh, as well protesting and sending uh, letters to their representatives and their representatives in the government to uh, to take serious steps against this and to stop this.
1: That's the voice of Basil Adra. He is a young journalist um, working uh, and living in Masafariyata, an area in the South, south Hebron Hills. Um, Basil, if uh, people want to follow you on Twitter, what is your Twitter handle? Uh,
0: uh, you want to put link? My name is Basil Adra. I don't know if you want to put the link there. Sure.
1: Yeah, we can just, uh, let's see, I have it up here.
0: Also, I write for 972 magazine, there are articles you can find out, to read more uh, in detail about the story of Mustafa.
1: Great. So um, 972 magazine and also your Twitter handle is at Basel uh, underscore Adra. That's B-A-S-E-L underscore A-D-R-A. Basel, thank you so much. Please be safe and we'll um, have you back on very soon.
0: Thanks for watching this video. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Hit like, leave a comment.
1: These engagements help us with the YouTube algorithm and it helps us to get around Silicon Valley censorship as much as possible. It does make a difference. You
0: can also support our journalism by going to electronicintifada.net
1: and clicking on donate now. Thank you.